Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're here with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor here at Rise. On behalf of my wife, Erica, all of our staff and pastors, we're so glad that you joined us today. We are starting a brand new series today called Happiness Is. And if you are a guest with us for the very first time, maybe you're joining in with us on our stream for the first time, we're so honored that you've joined us in our digital church online experience. I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. And the reason we do that is we know that sometimes we don't always get it the first time right. And so we we hopefully have you come back in three times, and hopefully we like to be your spiritual family. Also, since you are watching online, what would help us right now is if you would hit that share button. Maybe you're watching on Facebook or you're on YouTube. Just share it in all of your social media platforms. Helps us get the word out about Jesus Christ and the good gospel message that he has for all of us. Again, we are starting a brand new series today called Happiness Is. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but man, in the life that we live, in the world that we live in today, happiness, it seems to be a fleeting fleeting feeling. We seem to really struggle with right now. How do we become happy? How do we actually uh, adjust ourselves and adjust our time and our, our feelings to be happy in our current situation? And so I wanted to speak to it. We wanted to give and start a message series to talk about how can we be happy in this day and age. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 is where we're going to be at today. You can follow along in our YouVersion Bible app and uh, through our notes. I give you my notes ahead of time. But just before we go there, I want to give you some context to really where we're at in the story. Uh, Matthew is a gospel in the New Testament. It really shares the life of Jesus. It's a, it's a life that, that really we get to learn about through four gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It starts the New Testament. We're going to be in Matthew today, and right at the beginning of Matthew is chapter 5, and really at this point, Jesus has just started his ministry. He's been baptized. He's had a temptation by uh, Satan and he starts his ministry, and he's done a few miracles already. He's preached a few sermons, but he kind of leads up to this incredible sermon, which I like to call uh, really the greatest sermon ever preached, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the reason they call it the Sermon on the Mount is because he's preaching from a mountainside, and he starts his Sermon on the Mount with this passage of Scripture that we're going to read today. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. We're going to read it together, and it says this. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed, in verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. He goes on, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. He goes on, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed, finally, this is kind of wraps it up. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus starts his, his sermon with a, a poem, really, about how to be blessed. And with, with that as our backdrop today, as we, we open up this topic, this idea of how to be happy in our day and age, let's pray. Father, we love you, God. We know that today you have a message for us. You have a word for us. You're going to speak to us today in a way that maybe we, we've never heard before, maybe in a way that we don't, we've never fully understood. And so as we unpack your scriptures, God. I pray that you would give us maybe that, that special word to our soul. Holy Spirit, right now you're speaking to all of us all around the world as we're watching this experience. And I pray that you would speak to us in all the way that you can. May our heart be open and our mind be clear. In Jesus' name, amen. I, um, I, I've noticed that for me, um, I, have to, I, I have to really be focused on, on, on finding my happiness 
in this day and age. It's, it's been harder and harder because, you know, so much of our life has been thrown upside down. And I've just noticed that if I'm not careful, I can try to fix the symptom and not the root. I don't know if you're like that uh, in your life sometimes. Sometimes you're trying to fix the symptom and not really the main problem. I, the other day, uh, we had an issue with our fridge. I don't know if you've ever had this before, but we have a fridge in our garage and our fridge kind of holds some of our freezer things and some of our extra stuff that we want to put in a, in a, in our fridge to kind of keep cool. I have a big family, so we, we have to get a lot of food. And in our fridge, in our garage, I went to it one day and I opened it up and I realized that it was off. The fridge had turned off. And I know some of you have had that moment where you've gone to your fridge, you thought everything was working and you walk up to it and you open it up and it's, everything's been melted. And you're like, oh man, I didn't know when this, how long has it been like this? And so uh, we started to figure out, I had to, I went into husband mode. You know, I went into like, I'm going to figure this out. We're going to figure out what's wrong. So I tested the plug and turned out one of the breakers on the plugs, you know, flipped. And so what we did is we turned the breaker back on, we plugged it back in, the fridge lit back up and everything was great. I'm like, okay, great. We caught it in time. Next morning I come back out and when you know it, the fridge was not on again. I went to that breaker and I, I pushed it. I turned it back on. I plugged it back in. I'm like, come on, Lord, this is going to be this time. So it started, it was working fine. Went to the next day, came back out and guess what happened? The fridge was out again. I realized at that moment that it wasn't the breaker on the plug. It was the plug itself. It couldn't handle the load for the fridge. And so what I realized is I had to go around, run down to the hardware store and get a new plug. And I felt kind of proud. I felt kind of manly. And I replaced the plug. And as soon as we replaced the plug, guess what? The fridge started working and it never turned off again. It wasn't until I figured out the root problem if you're with me today, we're talking about happiness. It, it wasn't until I figured out the root problem that the fridge started to work properly. Happiness for us is a little like that. I don't know if you noticed this about you or, or your life, because I'm a little like this. is kind of the human condition. Anytime we don't get happy, we, we focus on the symptom. We're just trying to figure out how to get happy again, not recognizing and not acknowledging what's really wrong, which could be the root problem. And right now in our society, we're all struggling with happiness. We're all struggling with trying to figure out how do I, how do I get through this life? Like how do I overcome this, this sadness, this anxiety, this stress, this pressure that has stolen my happiness? And the reason that we struggle with this is because everything, this is interesting, everything that used to be attached to our happiness, everything that we look to for our happiness is being challenged right now. I was talking about this with another pastor. They used to, when we preached about happiness, we used to say, don't look to these things for your happiness because they're fleeting. They're temporary. What's interesting about our society now is you can't even look to some of these things for your happiness anymore because of the pandemic that we're in. There's a crisis in our world, and the very thing that used to, you used to go to or we used to go to for our happiness is being challenged right now. I'll give you one. Uh, one of the things that we used to go to our happiness was physical connection. Like, some of us, can I, any huggers out there? Come on, y'all, people who love to be around people, the extroverts of the world. We used to go to parties just to, not to necessarily go to parties, just to go be around people. We used to be able to go to the park and go to the beach and hang out and go to the mall. We used to go to the stores. Come on, how many of y'all just go to the stores just to kind of be around people? We can't do that any longer right now in our current situation. We're in the process of social distancing. And because you and I don't have that physical connection, it's challenging your happiness. 
Another group of people looked to, to food for your happiness. Come on out, how many of y'all love food? I mean, I love food. And we used to look to food for our happiness and not just any kind of food. Some of us love to just go out. Do you remember what it was like to go out on Friday night and go to the restaurant and go out to eat? And, and you know, we can still do takeout and we can still do curbside, but come on, it's not really the same thing. Come on, how many of y'all know hibachi at home is not the same thing, right? It, we, we, we like to get out and we look to food to fulfill a happiness void in our soul. Maybe another type of people looked to entertainment for your happiness. You know, there was this, this thing you looked to either music or, or movies. How many of y'all remember going to the movies or, or, or going to a sporting event or traveling and you were looking for some type of entertainment or experience to fulfill your happiness in your life? And honestly, all those things are not necessarily bad, but man, they're, they're just not something you can place your happiness in. And nowadays you can't, you, we don't even have them. So there's a whole lot of people struggling and looking for happiness. Now, the question that does come out of all of this is then, if that's the case, how do we find happiness? Like, how do we become happy again? How do we find happiness in the world? How do we find happiness in our world? I mean, we're all searching for this somewhat today. And the answer to that is, well, it all depends. I mean, that's the title of my message today. It all depends. Jesus actually addresses this happiness idea in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. This poem that he starts, his manifesto that he's about to preach to the world starts with a poem on, on, on happiness. And I'll prove it to you. That word blessed, the, the word blessed there is the Greek word. I want to show it to you. It's the Greek word makeros. I want to, I want to put it up. It's, it's makeros, and it literally means happy. So when Jesus was saying, and he started off his sermon, what he was saying was he was saying, happy are the people who do this, who are this. Like if you're looking for happiness, I want to start off my, my, my sermon, the greatest sermon ever preached on how to be happy in your life. I mean, I think he kind of understood the, the human condition. He was giving us a blueprint on how to be happy in our world. So today I wanted to tackle the first kind of blessed statement, the first happy statement that he, he taught about, that he, he spoke about when it came to the Sermon on the Mount. And the first one was this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, when we, we hear the poor in spirit, you know, sometimes when you hear the word poor, you're, you think in your mind, well, is he... Is he saying blessed are the people that, that live in poverty? When he was saying blessed are the poor in spirit, it had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with our, our, the state of our, of, our, of our physical finances or how we live in this world. That's not what he was talking about. What, it was, what he was addressing when he said poor in spirit was literally dependency on God. I want to read to you a few of the translations that, that I want to show you, just the different translations of this scripture, of verse 3, that just to kind of give you some context of what it really meant. The, the translations were in the NLT version. It says, God blesses those who realize their need for him. Uh, the, 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 good, the good word version says, God blesses those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. The CEV version says, God blesses those who, who depend only on on him, what Jesus was saying was he was literally saying that for you to be poor in spirit, we is to have recognition that we are inadequate to face life without God. 
that, that we blessed, happy are the people who live their life not dependent on themselves, but live their life dependent on God, who recognize, I need a Savior. I like what it says in Psalms chapter 146, verse 5. It says, the Lord blesses everyone who trusts him and depends on him. That there's blessing, there's happiness that comes to people who don't depend on themselves, but those who depend on God. So if that's the truth, if our happiness does depend on whether we depend on God, we need to know how to depend on God. I'm going to give you four things real quick as we wrap up today's message. I want to give you four ways that we can depend on God. The first way is this. If you're looking, if you're taking notes and you're looking for happiness, we're talking about how to have happiness. We need to depend on God. We need to depend on God's wisdom and not my wisdom. We, we need to depend and lean into and trust what, what God thinks and not what I think what seems good to God and not what seems good to me. I like this scripture in Proverbs chapter 14. This is a wisdom book that's speaking about this. And he says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Now, you and I have all had these seemed right to me moments, right? Come on. I don't even need to really highlight a lot of them for you. You know in your mind, you can go back in your history and remember all the times where you did something. You look back and you, it was a complete mistake utter travesty. It led to, to death in your life, honestly. And you look back, and if somebody asked you the question, why did you do that? You said, I don't, it seemed right to me at the, at the time. It seemed like, it seemed good. How many of y'all remember the job that you took? Come on, right? You took that position at that company or that place, and you thought it was, it just seemed good. You don't know why you did. It just seemed, it just seemed right. How many of y'all had that investment opportunity? Maybe you're a businessman out there. You had that, that investment opportunity. You, you did it. You thought it was good. You did all the research. It seemed right to you, and you just you leaned into it, and you depended on your own wisdom instead of God's wisdom in that. How, how many of y'all had that with a relationship? Come on. Hello. We've all had that moment where you, 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 you fell in love, or really more you fell in infatuation. You, 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 you didn't even, you, you, all you saw was the beauty, all you saw was the muscles, all you saw was whatever, and, all, and you really, you, you, it seemed right to you at the time, and it wound up being a destructive moment for your life. Why? Because you leaned into what you thought was right. You leaned into your own wisdom, and I'm just telling you, if you want happiness in life, you and I are going to have to learn not to, how to not lean and trust our gut. We need to learn how to learn, lean in and trust our God. Yeah. Like there's a difference. The Bible is so clear about in so many ways, in so many parts of Scripture that you should not trust yourself. You should not trust your own judgment. There's so many scriptures about finding wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You don't see yourself clearly. The heart is wicked and deceitful. I could rattle off verses all day long about you not trusting you. Really, who you need to depend on, and especially when it comes to wisdom, is God. That's good. You can look at your neighbor and say, amen. Number two is this. Depend on God's strength. Not only do you need to depend on God's wisdom, we need to depend on God's strength, not my strength. I like what Psalms chapter 84 verse 5 says. It says, you bless all. I like that word again. There it is. You bless all who depend on you for their, their strength. That David was speaking that God, you, you have a way of blessing people who, who learn to depend on you when they're tired and they're wore out. 
There are some of you right now listening or watching this that are tired and wore out. You're stressed out. You're, you're freaked out. You don't understand how to get to your next step. You, you, you actually are right now, even as you watch this, you're exhausted. This, 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 this pandemic, this crisis has caused you to be extremely fatigued. You're depleted. And the, tr- the reason that that is is because you and I are finite beings. You're, you're, we're not created to be infinite. Your strength has a limit. Your, 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 your ability to last, you, don't ha- you can't last forever. Maybe the best way to say it is you don't have what it takes. It's like encouraging words with Pastor Aaron today, right? It, but, but you don't. We, we have to come to the reality that we have an end, that we, we can't last. And for you to accomplish and get to where you're trying to get to, for you to be happy, especially in moments like this, when you're going through a trial, when you're walking through a storm, you're going to need to depend on God's strength to get you through it. What, and if, if, if we know that we're, we're, we're finite beings, we need to know what to do when we come to the end of ourselves. Right? What do you do? That's a good question. What do you do when you come to the end of yourself with your spouse, with your job, with your finances, with your kids? Hello, come on. What do you do when you run out of strength, your own physical, carnal strength? I like what Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says. We can read this together. It says, But those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. I, I like that. I was, I was riding my, uh, my bike and we were walking as a family with my kids. They were riding their bike. I was riding my bike and I started walking um, and, and with, with my little son, Judah, who was learning how to ride his bike. And we were walking in our neighborhood and, and he gets to a hill and I see him get to this hill and he starts to pedal up this hill and he got to kind of halfway up the hill and he stopped and he got off and he started walking his bike up the hill. And I said, son, what are you doing? And he said, he, he said, dad, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I can't seem to get up this hill. And I said, well, son, jump on and I'll push you and you can try to get up this hill. So we started at the bottom of the hill and I kind of got a running start with it and I pushed him and he started going. And how y'all know he got halfway up the hill and he started to get tired again. And I ran up to him. I'm telling you as fast as I could, like I'm trying to be a good dad. I'm running towards him and I'm, I'm like, I'm almost about to push him again. And he hops off his bike frustrated again. And he looks back at me and I said, why'd you hop off? He goes, well, I'm, I'm too tired. I can't, I'm too tired. Dad, my, I'm not strong enough. I'm so tired. I'm never going to make it up this hill and experience what it's like to be on my bike going up a hill. I said, son, if you would have just waited one more second, come on, then, then, then daddy would have come behind you and pushed you. What do you do when you come to the end of your strength? What Judah should have done is just waited one more second, stayed on his bike, and dad would have been right behind him. He needed to learn to depend on me. Call out to dad. Dad, come help me get up this hill. You might be going up a hill right now. You might be going through a trial right now, and you can't make it on your own. That's the truth. You can't make it on your own, but with God, you can lean into his strength and get you rest way up the hill so you can experience all that life had to offer. The 
those who know how to depend on God's strength, I'm telling you, those are the happy people. When we went up that hill again, guess what happened? Dad was right there. He might not, he couldn't make it up by himself, but dad was right there. He leaned into my, my strength while I was able to push him up the hill. And you, all, you saw so much happiness out of that young kid. And now every day, we, every time we go up that hill, dad has to push him up and he's going to be like that forever. But I'm just telling you, we need to learn to be, depend on God. And I just will say this before I move on to my next point. For those parents out there who are, are homeschooling kids, a lot of us are having to, all of a sudden, our kids are at home and we're learning how to be teachers and parents at the same time and kids are around. Can I just tell you, you might be tired, you might be weak, you might not feel like you have the strength. That's okay. You don't have the strength. Lean into God's strength right now. These need to be, that needs to be your mantra. God, I'm too tired to, to teach this child. I'm too tired to try to be a parent. I'm too tired. To lean into his strength. He's going to make it through. You're going to make it through as long as we depend on God. Number three is this. So we had depend on God's wisdom, depend on God's strength. The third one is depend on God's timing, not my timing. Now, this is hard. We're talking about how to be happy. If you don't want to be happy, you depend on your timing and not God's. But I've just noticed that, that the more I depend on my timing, things don't seem to work out. One, God doesn't work with my timing. The world doesn't seem to work with my timing. And I wind up being really frustrated. And I don't know if you know this or not. Frustrated people are rarely happy. And so in order for you not to be frustrated, we need to understand this idea of timing because it's incredibly critical to the success of our life. I was watching a, uh, an ESPN special on the difference between, they were, they were talking to a scout and professional ball players about the difference between amateur pitchers and professional pitchers. And I think, is it strength? Is it, you know, is it, is, you know, is it knowledge of the game? Is it, you know, being able to have history and momentum? They said, here's the biggest difference between professional pitchers and amateur pitchers. It's timing. It's their ability to have their arm turn, adjust, let go, release, adjustment of the thing. It was all timing driven. And he said the success was driven on how you throw the ball. It all, it all came down to the timing of the throw that determined it would, it would swing miles per hour in speed of pitches. Now, for you and I, it's the same way. Timing is incredibly critical to our lives, which begs the question, who's in control of our timing? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The person who's in control of our timing in reality is God. He's in control. Psalms chapter 31 says this. I love this scripture. It says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. And this is what he says. He goes in verse 15. He says, my times are in your hands. That he recognized, David recognizes, God, timing is, is your job. Me depending on your timing is my job. That if I can depend on your timing, I'm going to be much happier in this life. And if you understand the way God's timing works, you're going to be less frustrated and more happy. Here's how God's timing works. His timing all throughout scripture, God teaches about this. Bible teaches about this. His timing works through seasons. Now, now, when I say seasons, you might have heard a great sermon. You might understand. Maybe you're a farmer. Maybe you understand this idea and this concept. When I say seasons, most of us immediately go to sowing and reaping. I've preached about this. You've heard great sermons about this. You maybe had a Bible study about this. That's time. There's a time and a place. I like this. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. And this is where it comes from. from every, for everything, that means everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun that God works through seasons that we're used to sowing and reaping. But I want to introduce you to another concept of timing when it comes to seasons. There is a season 
called waiting. We want, we want it to be microwaved. We want to sow and then reap. But if you're a farmer, you would have understood this. You sow, then you wait, then you reap. That this, the season of waiting is frustrating for us because everything we have in this world right now is driven around the idea of, I don't want to wait. When I want popcorn, I go to the, pop, I go to the, the bag, I take it out, I put it in the microwave, I press two minutes, it comes out fresh and hot and ready. We're not used to the idea of sowing, waiting, and reaping. We're used to a lot of the idea of sowing and reaping. But I'm telling you, waiting is a season, and a delay is not a denial. That while every, even when we're waiting, God is working. You and I need to learn to trust and depend on his timing and not ours. I've just noticed God's not in a hurry with us, even though we're not, even though we are in a hurry everywhere we go. But he can do in one second what takes a lifetime for us to do. And if we can learn to depend on his timing, I'm telling you, you'll be more happy. The final one is this if you're taking notes. So it's depend on God's wisdom. It's depend on God's strength. It's depend on God's timing. The final one is this depend on God's wealth, not, not my wealth. Have you, have you ever noticed that financial struggle can make you and I very frustrated and unhappy? I mean, you might be in a season right now, the, the crisis that we're dealing with in our world could have probably thrown your finances upside down. The investments that you had your happiness in, come on, how many of y'all looked at your 401k? You would smile before this. Now you look at it and you, and you cry. Some of you, we looked into our jobs as our happiness. We loved our job or we went to job. It was where we made our money and we were able to go to our job and we do that. Now you can't leave your house. You can't even go to your job. Some of you have lost your job. Some of you lost your career and now your happiness was attached to it. And now you, you're, not, you're not happy. You're frustrated. You're sad. It could have been your bank account. Hello, come on. How many of y'all went to your bank account recently in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic, all of your budget's been thrown out the window and now, come on, and now... Because your bank account is down, your life is down, your emotions are down, your moods are down. And if it's attached to your, to your, your wealth, if you're dependent on your wealth for your happiness to be there, then you're, you're, gonna, you're always going to be up and down. Because sometimes you have money in your bank account, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have a job and sometimes you don't. Sometimes your investments are up, come on, like the stock market, and sometimes your investments are down like the stock market. You, gotta, you have to move your, your happiness out of your own wealth and into God's wealth. So what do I want you to know about this particular principle of dependency on God's wealth? It's found in Philippians chapter four, and it says this, and this same God who takes care of me, all right, Paul's talking about, there's a God who's taking care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus, that he has glorious riches, that he's, he's a God who has abundance. He has more than enough. God's not stressed out with his bank account. He has plenty. You need to know that right now. That if you and I can lean into God and depend on him for our wealth and lean on to depend on God's wealth, not my wealth for my happiness, we'll recognize and know he's got plenty and we can trust in him. The second thing you need to know is not only does he have plenty, he really is your provider. That's what Philippians says. He says God can provide all your needs. That your job is a channel, but it's not your source. It's not your provider. God might be using your job for your, your finances or for your wealth, but if you lose it, that's not your source. You're, if you happen to lose your career, your happiness doesn't go out with it because he was ne- your career was never your source of happiness. It was, it, was, it was always God. 
You always depended on him for your finances. You always trusted in him for what you need to say this. We're all going to say this together. We're going to say this all around who's watching in your living room, wherever you are, in your kitchen or your whatever it is. I want you to say this to me. Say, God has more than enough and he will provide for me. We're going to say it one more time. God has more than enough and he will provide for me. We need to recognize that God is the source. God is the provider. I'm closing. God has more than enough, and he will provide for me. Now, the question I want to ask you today, when it comes to your happiness, we're talking about how to be happy in this season. It all depends if you're dependent on God. Where are you right now with your dependency on his wisdom? Do you depend on his wisdom and things in your life or do you depend on your own wisdom? Where are you right now when it comes to your strength? Do you depend on your own strength for your happiness in this season or do you depend on God's strength for your happiness in this season? Where are you right now when it comes to his timing? Are you depending on, on, on your timing? Does it have to be all your way, when you want it, how you want it? Or are you, are you depending on God's timing? God, I'm trusting you with this. My happiness is in your timing, not mine. Where are you with your happiness and your dependence on your wealth? Do you, do you depend on what your, your bank account says and your wealth for your happiness? Or are you depending on God's wealth? Because last time I checked and last thing we read in the scriptures was that God has more than enough. And if I depend on the God who has more than enough, he'll provide for me. And so no matter what and where I got my finances, it all came from God anyway. And so I don't have to trust in my job for my happiness. I can trust in my God for my happiness. Happiness is dependence on God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit.